It's Wednesday, March 24th, 2021. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable Ladies Night Special brought to you by the Irish River Station House in Langhorne, PA, and all state insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesco. And hey, Chet, Philly's baseball just eight days away. The Flyers are playing their way out of the playoff hunt. The Eagles have a backup to Jalen Hurts and Joe Flacco. But not much happening otherwise, a free agency. Villanova is in the Sweet 16 in the crazy tournament. And we'll be talking Sixers tonight with one of our favorite guests, D-Lineham. Yeah, Bill, we got a full slate tonight. Uh, but we can just scrap my NCAA tournament talk because, <laughs> like like Boop the Drone, I had Illinois winning the whole thing. That didn't go very well. So much for that $20. Um, we can also keep the Flyers talk short, Bill, because I don't want to get depressed talking about them. They've been... Really tough to watch lately. Um, Sixers, though, very much better. So, fortunately, that's going to be a key focus for us. Absolutely. And uh, as we said, tonight's ladies' night. Uh, Dee will be joining us shortly. Everyone knows Dee. Uh, but in the second half of the show, we have a first-time guest in Luann Powell. Tell us a little bit about Luann. Well, Bill, you and I met Luann a few years ago at a Dick Vermeil golf outing. I believe it was 2017. And we were surprised to learn that her husband, who had just died a few months earlier, was actually a fan of our Philly Press Box radio show. And she's also friendly with our pal, Kevin Riley. So we stayed in touch with Luann ever since. We've seen her a couple of times. We see her on Facebook a lot. And she ended up writing a book about her love story with her husband, Keith. And yeah, that's something that's a little bit different for our show here but uh i'm looking forward to it it's going to be interesting and going to be fun to talk to her yeah i am too because uh like you said we we got to meet her and uh it, it was really interesting because when when we did get to meet her and and you said as you said her husband had recently passed away and she told us that he had been a real fan of our show and that was before we did the audio but uh he used to sit next to his computer and listen to our show and uh, it, it was very touching to me because it was the first time I realized that maybe somebody actually cared about what we do besides <laughs> me and you and, yeah. and the fun that we have. And uh, and uh, her, her husband really enjoyed our time uh, with him, and, and it was really neat to know. And with that, we've developed a nice friendship with Luann, and uh, we're going to let her tell us some more about that book tonight. But we got D first. Let's get to it, Bill. All right. Let's welcome D. Lineham back to Philly Press Box Radio. D, always great to have you. And we're in first place tonight, we can talk about. Yes. Uh, the Sixers are absolutely in first place, playing pretty good basketball, I would say. Nine and one in their last ten. Yeah. Well, hey, D, great to have you back on with us again. We usually have you on a couple of times a year, and it seems like every February we've had you on, so that's your birthday month. We somehow didn't get you on last <laughs> month. We hope that didn't spoil your birthday for you. I hope you still had a good one. <laughs> Absolutely. And any birthday that you have at this point, you're happy that you're, you're celebrating <laughs> yeah. in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, tell us about that. Uh, well, D, as we speak, I'm going to put up the standings for those of us, uh, for those people watching, rather, uh, the video. And it does show the Sixers 31-13 through 44 games, the best start they've had in quite a while. And even without Joel Embiid the last uh, week and a half or so, they're doing well. They've won, as you said, 9 out of 10. How much of the team's success this season is attributable to Doc Rivers? Well, I think it's, uh, it's definitely – a, a certain amount of it uh, definitely goes to him and his staff. I would say that 
Uh, but they also changed their personnel. You know, they did not have a roster that worked a year ago. And, you know, to their good credit, being able to move Horford, I think, was huge. Bringing in guys like um, Danny Green and Seth Curry, big. And then, as you mentioned, Doc Rivers and his staff, looking at the roster that they have and playing to the strengths of that roster. And the number one thing is they played through Joel Embiid. Uh, I think he, you know, touches the ball more than he did before. I think they try to go to his strengths. Uh, I think he's embraced that role. And then as a result, everything else kind of falls in place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sure, it sure seems like uh, Embiid has picked up his game, but now we can shoot. You know, I think we talked about this last year about this time is they just didn't have the shooters, and now they do. Well, I, I have to disagree with you a little bit, Bill. They have shooters, but they don't take enough threes, and they don't make enough threes, in my opinion, to advance as far as you want to go. You're at the bottom. You you make less than 11 a game. You're going to have to go through a Brooklyn or Milwaukee who, you know, they're up in the 15, and on given nights, they make 20-some threes. So you're going to either have to create more possessions – Obviously, getting to the foul line is one, and Embiid's, you know, best in the business this year at getting to the line, and he makes a high percentage. But when you're not able to contribute at the three-point line like a lot of these teams are, then you're going to need to have a strategy, and it does put a lot of pressure on your offense to make the twos when the other team is making threes. Well, D, as we speak, it's Wednesday evening. We are about 20 hours, I think, from the trade deadline. Uh, you say they need another shooter, a guy who can make threes, like a Alonzo Ball, perhaps, or uh, Kyle Lowry, of course, much me- mentioned. Who do you see them going after particularly, or can they still compete and maybe win the East without making any additions? Well, uh, I'd like to see them, uh, like a Lowry to me, elevates their team on, on a number of levels. One, he's actually shooting the three really well this year, over 40%. Um, He's a winner. You know, there's a toughness to him. He's he's won a championship, right? So he's a Philly guy. Um, I think there's a lot of things there. And and I think that if you, similar to when, now I'm not putting them in the same category, but when Brooklyn got hardened, all of a sudden Brooklyn like goes to a different place. If a Kyle is added to an Embiid and Ben Simmons situation, I think you're talking at a different level than what they are currently constructed. Can they still uh, do it, meaning come out of the East without a move? They can, but you are then relying on guys like Shake, who's picked it up a little bit of late, but Shake, Thibel, uh, Maxi, you know, these guys are in their rotation, Furcon, that where they have gone up and down with their shooting, you're going to have to have them be more consistent three-point shooters. And they go back to Lowry. Are you are you willing? Do you think that the Sixers would be willing to make a big deal and give up eh, maybe a little more than they should to 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 go all in to win this thing this year? Um, I mean, I think Daryl Morey just uh, by track record, if he sees that as the piece that will get him over the top, I would not want to be wasting uh, an MVP caliber season of Joel Embiid. And not do everything I can to have enough around him. And and that is, I'm, I'm assuming, I don't think we'll see him, obviously not this high road trip. And I do think they'll take their time. The fact that they're banking wins without him, they're on record. We want him absolutely healthy for the postseason run. That doesn't mean I think he's going to be out months. But instead of being two weeks, I think you're at least three, maybe three and a half, just to be safe. 
So um, I think they they would be willing people to make a move because I think the other thing is is you it, it's so hard to to get there and then try to win it and everybody else is trying to do the same thing. You know, you have two teams that aren't going away in Brooklyn and Milwaukee, and Brooklyn's doing it with Kyrie didn't play last night, Durant's sideline, and they're yeah. right there on your heels. So I know everybody says they don't play defense, but they got a heck of a lot of offense, and one, something's going to give in that postseason. So they're trying to get there. Milwaukee went out and got a P.J. Tucker just to, like, make their greater depth. Um, I, I would be shocked if the Lakers don't try to do something. And obviously, the two guys have to get healthy. D, a lot of uh, Sixers fans have fallen in love with a couple of the young guys. Um, Matisse Thibel doesn't score a lot, but he is already one of the premier defenders in the league, and nobody wants to see him traded. And then you have Tyrese Maxey, who's not playing as much as he did earlier in the season, but uh, we think he has a lot of potential. Can they... Do you think they should try to maintain both of those guys or will they have to give up at least one of those two young guys in a trade? Well, it depends on how what level of person you're trying to go out and get. Like, are you just going to wait and see what's on the buyout market or are you trying to get a guy like a Kyle Lowry? They're two mm -hmm. totally different situations. Uh, I, I say to people that, unfortunately, Maxi and Thibel being here on this year, when you get to the postseason and your rotation is, down to you know eight guys they're not going to be the reason you win a championship i love right. their talent but i cannot stop and and not try to to improve my roster in the here and now when i have guys like simmons and Embiid playing at a really high level and again you got to take advantage of the opportunity of where they are in their careers hey D, uh, chet mentioned the that uh, we're kind of in love with a couple of young guys. Why Why is it that the Philly fans uh, are, are not able to embrace Ben Simmons? Uh, it seems like whatever he does, it's not enough. And uh, he's still a kid, really. Um, but, but it's just not – it just doesn't seem enough to make Philly fans happy. Well, I think because his game goes against the one uh, thought of what people think basketball players are, and that is – Shoot the ball. Yeah. Right. So, and because he seems so content in playing the way he plays, which obviously garnered him an all-star appearance this year, uh, I would say this, and again, he could do it on a more consistent basis. He actually, he averaged 21 points in February. And I do believe had he not had the month in February that he would not have gone to the all-star. He would not have gone averaging his 13 points that he started out the season. I don't think so. Um, I think the other thing is he is getting to the line more, foul line. Uh, but again, I don't have a lot of faith in Ben in the, on the line in a fourth quarter. I've seen it too often. And I don't have a lot of faith that as you get further into the playoffs, when it, possessions become fewer, that you will not find situations where he could hurt you in a half-court game. Now, I will say this. Doc posts him a lot more. Doc takes the ball out of him and makes him be a guy in motion. So, um, you know, or, or a screener. Uh, and I think Ben has embraced that Doc doesn't really try to change him, but he does utilize him differently. So, but back to your point, Bill, why Philly doesn't embrace him. Uh, I'll just say I think it goes to his kind of stubbornness to say, I'll show you that the way I play this game is good enough. Yep.
All right, the Sixers have begun a six-game road trip. They won their first two, a little shaky at times in both of them. Uh, They now have three very tough ones out west against the Lakers, Clippers, and Nuggets. As you noticed, or as you said, they're still without Joel Embiid. How important is this trip to Los Angeles and Denver? Uh, Do they have to win, you know, two out of these three, or does not really matter? Well, I mean, I I think you you really want to have that top seed in the East. It's just, you know, that's truth of the matter. And I know you're not going into packed buildings like you would on a normal year, but I I think you want in your mind to know you're the best in the conference coming out of the regular season. So I think Brooklyn's looking at it like that. You know, they've won 11 straight against Western Conference teams. Harden last night had, I think it was 27 and 17 assists. So they're not going away. Milwaukee's not going away. So I think it's important that you just have to keep banking wins uh, as often as you can. Now, do we expect them to go undefeated on this trip? No, I, I, it's somewhere along the line. But you should be able to take advantage of a Laker team that's missing their top two guys. Uh, I think Denver's playing very well. And obviously, the Joker will be loving that Embiid's not there, right? So he's also yeah. trying to prove to the – while LeBron and Embiid are sidelined – He's trying to say, you know, hey, how about me for MVP? I'm out here. I'm, I'm playing. And, you know, his numbers are, I think I saw the other day, he's 27, 12 boards, and eight and a half assists. That's what he's averaging. So um, so I would say, you know, you got to get, you'd like to get two of those three. What What's the word, D, uh, on the Durant injury? Does that look like something uh, that's a little more than what we're hearing from the press? Or uh, you, you got any insight there? Well, I mean, it's a groin injury. So I think, you know, you just, again, I don't think you want to mess with it. And I think the other thing with Durant, look, when he's been out there, he's been outstanding for them. But he hasn't been able to be out there. And I think with him, he knows as well as anybody, when it matters is when I need to be able to be out there for good. And while his same thing is happening for them, they're not going away and he's not on the court. So why am I going to rush him back with a thing that's a dicey injury to begin with when I'm maintaining a game out of first place in the league? I mean, in the conference. Well, D, many positives for the Sixers already this season. We talked about a bunch of them. One we didn't mention, Tobias Harris. He's Mm -hmm. showing he's really pretty good. And as he would tell you, he (laughs) should have been an all-star this year. Even on Sunday when he struggled most of the game against the Knicks, he came up huge in the overtime. Um, is that another impact or effect of Doc Rivers, who he seems to play better when he's, you know, with? Uh, I would say two things. That one, he, I like him as a stretch four personally, and he wasn't that last year. Uh, and when I say stretch four, I just like him playing the four spot. Um, yeah, I think there is some comfort level, but it's also because, like Doc thought last year, he didn't make quick enough decisions if he was looking at tape of him. Uh, playing a year ago. Uh, I think he is shooting the ball better. And the other thing I would say, when he struggles, one time he has not struggled, he's been really good in a lot of fourth quarters and a lot of, you know, the couple overtimes that they've played. This guy has flat out delivered. So uh, I've been a big proponent. I I don't know. I get a lot of people who call into my show and they're not as big on bias as I am. And I have been for a long time since he got here. So uh, I'm kind of happy for him that he's putting up the numbers that he is. And I think it's, again, system is a big part of it. Um, the confidence that coach understands you, but he also has challenged Tobias 
to like do these things. And, and by the way, don't do that. So uh, I think that's like a two-way street for the two of them. Well, Dean, looking into the crystal ball, the, the Sixers have played 44 games, as I look at my notes here, 44 games, still ways to go. Uh, mm-hmm. You like them? You like them winning this uh, this East? Do you, you feel pretty confident with what they got? Um, I will. I, I'll have a better idea tomorrow. I really want to see if anything yeah. big happens in the East at the trade deadline. I do think Kyle Lowry is going somewhere. I don't know where that will be, but I think he he ends up on a different team. And if you're Toronto, uh, I get it. You know, he's, his contract is an expiring one. They've lost, I think, eight in a row. They're going nowhere. And, you know, he's, he's beloved there. And so you're kind of doing it to start your own rebuilding and also maybe to do good by Kyle and put him in a winning situation where he possibly has a chance to get another championship. So where is that? I mean, he could go to LA. He could go to the Miami, who I know hasn't played well, but all they're wanting to do is get healthy, add a little offense. And, you know, Kyle is a, a winner and fits a lot of the personality that Pat Riley tries to put together down there. So again, I don't know what exactly people are putting on the table. So that makes it more attractive to Toronto. And, or where Kyle is, like they're trying, to, the Raptors and Kyle are trying to do this together, um, knowing that it is a business also. Uh, so to answer your question, I'd like to see what happens in the uh, in the conference at the trade deadline. Uh, I think they have their work cut out for them to come out of the East. I'm not saying they can't, but it will take them playing at a high level higher than we've seen in previous postseasons. And you're going to have to have Embiid return to play the way he was playing before he got, you know, the, the weird injury. The, the weird yep. fall, I should say. Um, D, I want to ask you something else. Former Sixer Sean Bradley recently had a mm-hmm. tragic accident suffering a spinal cord injury that's left him paralyzed, unfortunately. I know you didn't start covering the Sixers until after Sean uh, had left Philly. He played with the Nets and Mavericks after that. But by all accounts, a great guy. Did you get to know Sean at all? And we, you know, we do send him the very best, of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, I did not know Sean well. Obviously, my parents did. Um, but I, I never really had an opportunity because hmm. I was living on the West Coast when he was with the Sixers organization. Yeah. Um, I will say this it's been a tough go for his family. His accident comes only a couple of years removed from his dad, had a tragic accident and was working on a roof, his own roof, and fell and died. And he was a young man. He was only 61 at the time. So uh, their family certainly has had some uh, tragedy that they've had to deal with. But he is, by all accounts, a very uh, strong-willed person. Mm-hmm. And he, just by a couple of people who are friendly with him, said he's in a very good place mentally which i think is usually with those kind of accidents really is your Mm -hmm. first and and biggest challenge to understand how long the road is ahead of you hey d i want to jump over just a second because i know you're a basketball junkie so you're probably watching as much of march madness as you can uh well at least the villanova portion anyway well Uh, no i am until my bracket i was like uh chet i had illinois winning (laughs) it all so uh, uh, as soon as that uh, went south, I, I went to the golf course and said, I'll read the uh, <laughs> capsules about who did what. I hear you. Uh, so, well, I have to ask, you know, what do you think about the job Jay Wright's doing? He's, he's a great coach. And here he is uh, 
loses probably his best player, one of his best players, and here mm-hmm. he is, he's in the Sweet 16 and uh, going to face number one Baylor, and uh, hey, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Uh, I will say this. It's funny that you use that phrase. I had said to somebody, uh, even though they were down Gillespie, I said it's really hard to bet against Jay's coaching. I mean, that's the one thing that is solid and it always seems to have been the same once they've decided how they were playing over the now, I don't know how many years, uh, maybe the last seven, eight. So uh, I would agree with you. I will say that the Baylor team is, you know, I had them in the final four. So I, uh, I think they're really strong and they're an older group. Not saying that has to be the end all, um, but I will tell you that they will have their work cut out going up against Baylor for sure. All right. Well, D, uh, we're going to wrap it up here. We have a lot more to discuss on our show tonight, but uh, what do you got going on? You're still doing some weekend action at 97.5. I know you're playing a lot of golf, too. Yeah, I do a little bit of both. Uh, still at the Fanatic <laughs> on Saturday and Sunday. Um, I am still teaching. Uh, I was able to, we had an interesting G League set up because they went into the bubble. Um, but the mm. Blue Coats, we were the only ones who did a local broadcast. And we had somebody who was in the bubble, um, but then me and a former assistant coach, we kind of wrapped around it with pre and post game and halftime show, uh, which was really fun because it was basically three weeks every day there was a game or every other day at that, you know, most. So we had a good time with that. Um, yeah. And, and I still do some freelance writing on the side as well. Awesome. You yeah. never leave uh time left in a day that's for sure you're always busy <laughs> i try bill i try let's make it you know fast and back on the golf course i'm sure here in the next couple of days because it's going to finally be nice weather oh yeah i would try to go today but the rain never let up so that yeah was, a little uh, wet yeah a little wet today but i think tomorrow's gonna be okay <laughs> yeah there you go all right d well thanks again for coming by as always we appreciate you and uh one of our favorites for sure i always appreciate the invitation thank you to both of you all Thanks, right. D. You See you later. See you soon. All right, Chet, let's talk insurance. If you're looking for insurance in the tri-state area, we've got the spot for you. Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. Yes, we do, Bill. One of the best benefits of having an Allstate insurance policy is getting a local agent like Dave Lavoie, who is dedicated to you. Building that personal relationship means you can work with someone who knows you and understands your family's needs, someone you can call when you have questions or need help. Dave is dedicated to protecting what is most important to you and your family. Give Dave a call. Call him at Allstate in Westchester, Pennsylvania. The number is 610-430-0000. Again, that number, 610-430-0700. Hey, everybody, it's Willie Nile here, and you're listening to Chet and Bill on Philly Press Box Radio. You lucky people. And as always, thanks, Willie, for stopping by. We always enjoy that. Hey, Chet. Uh, hey, Bill, before you go on, uh, I got speaking of Dave Lavoy, I got something in the mail the other day from uh, a mutual friend of ours. Did yes. you get one of these? Uh, I didn't yet, but uh, remember when I was asking you for your address? Yes. That's why. So That's uh, was- us and Dave and Bob and Emmett and uh, Johnny Bones and yeah, the gang well, down in Florida last year. I knew it was coming, uh, but I didn't know when. Mine didn't get here all the way down here yet. But, uh, yeah, that's why I was double-checking your address because I knew it was coming. Well, so, thank you to Bob, and uh, that was a great time. You betcha. All right. Hey, Chet, Flyers, they've dug it. Huge hole for themselves. Defense is awful. Their goaltending 
isn't much better. Uh, we said before the season there was just no room for for slumps or lulls in a 56-game season. They are in trouble right now. It's bad, Bill. It's bad. Although they played reasonably well in the Monday night overtime loss to the Islanders, there were, again, some nasty turnovers in that one. And then last night, Tuesday, again, lots of sloppy play. There was a horrible giveaway by Myers that led to a goal. Lots of missed opportunities offensively as well. I know they got uh, one power play goal the other night, but the power play hasn't been great lately. Of course, they turned it up in the final minutes last night turning a 4-1 to deficit into a 4-3 to loss, which still gets you zero points. Uh, and these are losses they just can't afford right now, Bill. Oh, absolutely. And and what they're finding is the teams that are good, they can't beat. Um, you know, yep. first it was Boston, then it was Washington, you know, and, and now it's continuing on. But I, I tell you what, Chad, I want to throw something out here for you to comment on and maybe for our listeners or viewers that can make comments or we can talk about this later because we don't have a ton of time. But here's something that I, I feel like I'm I'm watching. I'm seeing Carter Hart, and I'm seeing Carson Wentz. And what I'm seeing is you have a young player who's, who's good that you're relying on. Carson Wentz fell apart because he didn't have a whole lot of talent around him, and it got to his head. You're seeing Carter Hart playing terrible defense uh, around him. He, it's in his head. He says he's mentally, you know, having some problems. I, I see that, um, you know, you got a lot of people saying, you know, get rid of him. You know, you got to go with the other guy. Well, they were going to go with the other guy, and then he stunk it up. Uh, I, I just see – I worry about this more than anything. The wins and losses this year is not destroying this young guy because you can't play defense in front of him. And and then he, then he makes a mistake, you know, because yep. – uh, you know, he's trying too hard or, or whatever. Same thing with Wentz. Now, all of a sudden, he's trying to force balls, throws interceptions, makes bad plays. I see a great comparison in those two. And I really thought goaltending was going to be a real strength for them this year because, you know, we thought Carter Hart was the real deal. And I still do. I think it's just a bad year. Uh, and Brian Elliott, a terrific backup. So I thought that was going to be a real strength for them this year. But it hasn't been. But... It's, I think it's more the defense than them, and they are both letting it get to their heads right now. They know they have to be almost perfect, and they're not. So I don't know what the answer is. I know Chuck Fletcher talked to the press today. He said it's all on me. Sounded like he's going to make some moves, which I think they have to. they got to find a defenseman who can play. So uh, something's got to happen in the next few weeks, or they're going to be sitting home watching the playoffs on TV. Well, yeah, and I, and I think last night's game, you put it put the where they are kind of in a nutshell. Uh, you get a turnover. The other teams get turnovers. They score. The Flyers get a turnover. They get an open net. They hit the post. I saw that, Three, yeah. They hit the post. You know, it just – and then all of a sudden when things are going bad, you get a bad penalty call where the offensive player actually holds your stick. You get the penalty. They get the power play goal, and your game's blown up. You know, it's just one of those things. It's a bad run right now, and uh, they've got to recover quick if they're going to be in this. And, and they're getting enough points down now that it might be hard to overcome. Of course, they all play each other, which is probably an advantage. But uh, it, it's going to be it's going to be pretty tough uh, if you get any more points down. They got to win. Well, 
they got some must-win games over the next week. Two at home against the Rangers, and then they go up to Buffalo to close out the month of March. And that's eight potential points. I think they got to get six or seven points out of those eight possible points right there. As I think it was Yogi Berra said it, it's getting late early. It is getting late early, <laughs> but it ain't over till it's over. So <laughs> that's true that too. Yogi, that's Yogi's too. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we, we certainly have to see some better play, and that's for sure. And uh, um, hopefully, one of these goaltenders gets it together and uh, can can lead them down the stretch. Because and 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 the defense just has to be better. Uh, a lot of these goals are are open net goals, basically. So uh, not giving the goaltenders much of a chance. Before we bring our next guest on, Bill, which we're going to do in about thirty seconds, I just want to remind everybody that. It is National Cheesesteak Day, so go out and enjoy your cheesesteak. And I will have no onions, so without. No onions for me, Bill. Um, whiz or cheese? I don't, I don't care. The cheese is – any kind of cheese is fine, but I'm not an onions guy. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a whiz guy. No yeah. whiz. You don't think I know. A lot of people don't like the whiz. I don't care. That's right. All right, Chet. As we said in the opening, we have a special first-time guest in – Luann Powell to tell us about her new book. Lou, welcome to Philly Press Box Radio. Hi, everyone. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for Hello. having me. Hey, Lou. Great to see you. Well, we yes. met you, of course, first in 2017 yes. at uh, one of the Dick Vermeil, Ron Jaworski, Kevin Riley golf events. That was yeah. great meeting you. We've stayed mm-hmm. in touch ever since over these last four years. You wrote a book recently, which we will yes. get to. But uh, I want to talk first about your upbringing. You grew up in the area, and your dad was a, a Villanova athlete. Is that correct? He was. He was a college, uh, I mean, uh, football. Uh, and then, you know, growing up here in North Wilmington, we um, it was always sports-related. My dad was a college ref, you know, so I, I was always into sports, and I still am, as far as watching. Me doing? No. But me watching and and yes, that that is definitely Lou. Yep. And along the way, you came, you became good friends with our friend Kevin Riley, and uh, that's where we met you over at the Dick Vermeil out, outing. Uh, outing. Ex- no, nobody ex- better. Exactly. Kevin Riley's great. Yes, he's been a um, definite mentor, and he was a definite mentor in Big Daddy's life and mine too, for that matter. Bill, just so you know, you've looked like you've frozen on our I screen, am. but we can still hear you. So yes, unfreeze I, yourself. Actually, unfreeze. We're all three of us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. Now I see you moving. Hey, so uh, I, I want to know about uh, your husband, Keith. Okay. You, you said love at first sight. Is that really a thing? You met him uh, at a tavern yeah. and uh, it was love at first sight? It certainly was. Um uh, my girlfriend picked me up and we went to the big kahuna and from across the bar, I saw him and we locked eyes and it was love at first sight. And he did tell um, his friend uh, that he would, you know, he wanted to marry me and we got married. Not right then, but we did get married. Wow. Yeah. So, so, so a lot of people don't believe in that, but I do. So Lou, tell us, uh... Give us a kind of a quick version. Obviously, I think Chet gave a little uh, insight that, that Keith had passed away a little bit ago, uh, and and that led you to write the book. Uh, what what was your mm-hmm. thought there? I know you have a great message that you wanted to share. Uh, mm-hmm. Go ahead, tell us a little bit about it. 
So, so um, shortly after he he passed, um, uh, he was forty six years old, and I I felt like he taught me so much about living and the way to live your life, and so I wanted to pass that on and share my journey with other people, as far as never giving up, you know, never losing hope, um, just um, taking, you know. One of his favorite sayings was, um, "Keep, we're going to keep on keeping on, you know, or clear eyes, full heart, can't lose. And I wanted to pass that on to people that that no matter what you're facing, if you have someone, family, a close, you know, a, as people have told me or I witnessed, it's it was just a love fest here with everybody coming over and helping and all my friends. I mean, I could, you know, he brought people together and that's what I wanted this book to do is to continue to bring people together and to continue to bless people. You know, um, when I watch an Eagles game, you know, it's constantly, you know, thinking, oh my God, he's up in heaven. You know, I know he's rooting or, you know, that kind of a thing. Yes. Mm -hmm. I love these pictures. Hey, is this uh, one right here in the white shirt? Is that from your first year of dating, 1993, yes. I guess? Wow. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Look at mom. Oh. <laughs> Very oh nice. That was, hey, yeah, hey, Lou, hey, Lou, I mentioned this uh, in yeah. the opening, and uh, I, I don't think you were all, you were back there listening at the time. But, uh, you know, mm -hmm. when we met mm -hmm. you back uh, the, the first time at that golf outing, you uh, you didn't know us. We didn't know you. And you you told, mm -hmm. you told Chet and I that uh, that Keith enjoyed sitting down in front of. Well, we were just on the the audio then, not not this video that's freezing up tonight. Uh, right, 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 but, right. But uh, that Keith used to enjoy sitting listening to us. And I tell you, I left there that day, and I, and I said to my my wife, I said, you know, I never realized anybody really cared about what we were doing except for me and Chet. And it, uh, mm -hmm. it, it was very, it was very rewarding to know that somebody mm -hmm. actually cared what we were doing. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I, I feel, I, the day I met you guys, well, I saw you up there and I thought this is, you know, it was three months after he passed and I was able to sit there and talk with you guys. And I just, I had goosebumps. I was like, Oh my God, I'm finally meeting you guys. The same night I met Ray Dinger and Mike Quick, you know what I mean? All his favorite people. And I felt like he was just present. You know, his spirit is always around. Mm -hmm. I got a wedding picture here, I believe. <gasps> there he, looks we little, are. he looks a little like uh, Tug McGraw right there. Yeah, he, he's, <laughs> he, was a, he was a definite, strong, burly man and just full of love. That's, uh, you know. All I can say, as as a matter of fact, the first time he told me he loved me, it was at the Eagles game. Wow! So on the fifty, you know, they were Eagles were on the fifty yard line. Everybody was cheering. He said, "I love you," and I don't know. After that, it was like I didn't care what the Eagles did, really, to be honest with you. And did he propose a second time or something? Ten years into he the did. marriage, this is that what picture, this picture is? Yeah, this picture here was. Um, Yes. Oh, my God. It just brings so much joy to my heart. Um, he asked me to marry him on Christmas Eve, uh, 10 years after we were married, you know. Wow. And he couldn't get down on one leg because he only had one leg. Um, so uh, definitely a very touching 
Christmas Eve for sure for all of us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, hey, Lou, tell us uh, tell us about the title of the book, where you got that. Okay, so where this is the book. It's called, where can they buy it? Where can people yes. buy it? So, so the book is called So This Is Love, and you can purchase this on Amazon.com. And, you know, put in Luann Lyons Powell, and it'll come right up, because there's other books, which I didn't know, are called So This Is Love. Oh, look at it. Look at it. Oh, I love that. And um, yeah, and it, you know, if if I'm getting responses from people about the book, and it's helping people, and that's all I wanted. You know, it's 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 uplifting. Yeah, of course, parts are sad, but then there's parts that are so funny. You know, and the sports part of it, I'm telling you, you guys kept Keith going, and you didn't even know it by doing your show, and then to have met you guys. And met all his favorite people. It's a, it's amazing, you know. So I, I continue to um, uh, just spread his love. That's, you know, and the world needs more kindness. And this book just touches my heart. And it was so therapeutic. And I hope it will help other widows, right? Because at the time... You don't think you're going to make it. You know what I mean? But you do because you have this network of people that just love. And, and we pass that on. Yeah. Hey, Lou, I had assumed it was you who had given him the name Big Daddy, but that's not the case, is it? No, no. When I, the night I met him at Big, Big Kahuna, when I saw him, his name tag said Big Daddy. And I was like, yes, Big Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, mm -hmm. and and um it just a, you know his name stuck with him although a lot of people like to call him keith you know i say big daddy <laughs> I, he's always big daddy to me gotcha. so uh, yeah and i hope that this book will will give somebody that extra step to keep going forward if that you know mm -hmm. um because we're no matter what challenge he was faced with, whether it was the leg off, the fingers off, the eyesight going, um, becoming blind, he knew the next day he was going at it and he was going to do it. And, and he was here on Sundays watching those Eagles. So he's definitely a Philly sports fan. I don't know? think you mentioned what was his condition, like what led to all these problems? Oh, uh, he, it's called brittle diabetes. Okay. So I don't want people on the air that have diabetes to think that this is going to happen to them. It is very rare. Only 3% have brittle diabetes, sugars up and down, up and down, up and down. So that is what, what got him. Actually, at the end was sepsis, but wow. that led up to it. Yes. And he had so many beautiful people around him on his last day here. And something that will always be embedded in my heart. I'm not going to cry though. I'm going to keep shining and just spread the love. Absolutely. Well, hey, Lou, perfect. Great story. Uh, we, we want to let you tell the, the listeners, viewers again, how they can buy the book. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, uh, have, have you been out doing any kind of uh, engagement or, or, I haven't due to, or anything? Due to COVID, I have not. I'm hoping to, by this summer, having a huge shindig and bands and just so I would love it if you guys could come I don't know sure. you know I know you know 
I'm going to try to get all his favorite people and favorite bands and just everybody rock on and 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 so this is love and well, pass it on. You've yeah. seen me pre-COVID. I try to get out and go to as many places and do as many things mm -hmm. as possible. So you know I'll be there if I humanly can. Oh, yeah. And bring your wife. And Bill, I know you're in Florida, but, you know, a little spin up the way. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll be back and forth a few times along the way. Got got a lot going on up there, too. So uh, And there's, I don't think there's a golf thing this year. I haven't heard anything, but I'm guessing not at this point. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I think uh, I think Kevin's got something up his sleeve, but I just don't know what it is right yet. Oh, really? Uh, well, he better fill me in. Okay, <laughs> but um, you guys, you will never know. Just I want to thank you both from my heart for having me on. Well, it was our awesome. pleasure. It was it's so awesome, and I hope some of your followers will get my book and and enjoy it. So go to Amazon.com. Luann Lyons Pals, so this is love, you and pass we're, it on. We're hoping to get back out into uh, the public this year and do a live show again ourselves. We did two or three, I guess, in the past, and uh, now that you know COVID is hopefully winding down, we mm -hmm. hope to get out and do another one sometime this summer. We'll get Bill back up from Florida, and uh, we'll certainly put you on the, the guest list. Not that you need to be I would love it. <laughs> I would so love it. I'll buy you a cocktail. How's that? How's that? That's a deal. Now, that's a good one. All okay. right. Thank All right. you. Well, thanks, thanks, thanks for joining us. Uh, we, we certainly appreciate it, and uh, best of luck. If we can okay, help God you, bless you both, know. okay? All right. Thanks, All right. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. All right, Chet. You there? I'm here. You're doing that funky stuff. I don't know if you can see on another screen, but you're oh, freezing that. and doing... Now I'm back. <laughs> okay. I don't know what happened there with uh, with with Lou? Uh, but I yeah, don't know. I don't know either. And then it tried to catch up. All of a sudden, I was going. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting dizzy, and I'm not even drinking tonight. I got water, flavored yeah, water. Well, hey, ring the daggum bell, will you? <sighs> Bill, go ahead. This is going to be a crazy one tonight. Right um. I have to get organized here for this one, but uh, you're going to be a big part of this one, Bill. Oh, and I don't so know. you got to stay awake and pay attention because we got to get through this. Those a friend of mine, a friend of mine, a few weeks ago on Facebook asked for people to post single words or short catchphrases that would make you think of a particular television show by that single word or phrase. For example, Bill, if I said, bang, zoom to the moon, Alice, that would reference... Honeymooners. There you go. Jack Easy Clinton. one. Or Jack okay. Clinton. Now, I'm going to give you 20 of them. And here's oh, the deal. I, I you, don't even watch 20 shows. Well, I know. That's going to be the problem. You are not the greatest pop culture guy. But I'm betting $1,000. I'll put 1000 bucks on the line, Bill, that you're going to get at least half of these. So 10 out of the 20. Now, the problem is you're only going to have five seconds max to give me each response. So we'll see how you do. Um, and of course, our viewers and listeners can play along at home. Sadly, there are no prizes to award, and please, no wagering, anybody. No well, we wagering. Give you up that thousand dollars, but go ahead. <laughs> All right, here we go, Bill. We are starting right now. Number one, Dino Might. Uh, that was a JJ Walker guy. The show. I need the show. Oh, I don't know. Ugh. I got the good with JJ Walker. I will give you the answer at the end. Number two. This tape will self-destruct in five seconds. 
Mission Impossible. Woo! Number three, pretty, pretty, pretty good. No idea. I didn't think so. Number four, Kiss My Grits. That was, uh, oh, shoot, I've heard that one a hundred times. Oh, and I can, flow, flow, uh, was that the name of the show, flow? I'm going to give you credit for, the, it was Alice, but that's close enough. Flow was the one that did it. Yes, flow yeah. was the one who did it on the show, Alice. Uh, All right, here we go. That was good catch by me. Number five, we were on a break. No idea. Okay, same show. How you doing? We'll come back to that one. You're so disappointing, Bill. Number six, Danger, Danger, Will Robinson. Boston Space. Number seven, Bazinga. That's uh, Sheldon Cooper. The show? Come on. <laughs> Big Bang Theory. Yes. All right, number eight. I know nothing. Uh, Hogan's Heroes. Whoa! Number nine. Live long and prosper. Don't know. Eh. Number ten. No soup for you. Oh, who's the soup Nazi guy? Oh. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. I just need the show. I don't need the character. Uh, it's easier for me to get the character. Uh, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Number eleven. What you talking about, Willis? Uh, eh, we'll come back uh, to that. Number twelve. Norm. Cheers. Thank God. <laughs> Number thirteen. That's what she said. No idea. Number 14, up your nose with a rubber hose. Was that actually a show? No, it's a line, a catchphrase from a show. Happy days. No. no. Number 15, you're going to get this one. Book them, Dano. Yeah, my favorite. Hawaii Five-O. There you go. Number 16. Bill, if you don't get this one, I'm going to come down there and bop you in the head. The thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. Wide world of sports. Thank God. Number 17, sock it to me, baby. Heard that a million times. How about uh, Cotter? No. no. Number 18. Oh, you won't get this one. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put it out there anyway. It's gonna be legend. Wait for it. Dairy. No idea. I didn't think so. Number 19. Will you stifle? No idea. Okay, I'm going to give this one to you. Meathead. Oh, all in family. Same show, yes. I'm giving you that one. Number 20, and finally, thank you very much. No idea. All right, I think you got, I think you got eight out of the 20. All right. Uh, to so review. Where, so where's the $1,000 going? Yeah, I don't know. Dynamite was good times. This tape will self-destruct in five seconds. Mission Impossible. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. You've never seen it. Curb your enthusiasm. Number four, Kiss My Grits, was Alice. Number five, we were on a break. And how you doing? We're both from Friends. Tell me you haven't watched Friends. Yeah, I have. Okay. <sighs> danger, Danger, Will Robinson, Lost in Space. You got Bazinga, The Big Bang Theory. You got Hogan's Heroes. 
Number nine, Bill. Live long and prosper. Prosper. Star Trek. Never. Wow. Okay. Uh, no soup for you and yada yada yada. Both from Seinfeld. What you talk about, Willis? Different strokes. Norm, of course, was Cheers. That's what she said. The Office. Love The Office. Never watched it. Up your nose with a rubber hose was Welcome Back, Cotter. Cotter, yeah. yeah. Book him, Dano. You got Hawaii Five O. You got Wide World of Sports. Suck it to me, baby, Bill. Rowan and Martin's laughing. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be Legend. Wait for it. Derry. How I Met Your Mother. I knew you didn't watch that one. No. Uh, and then we had All in the Family. And the final one, thank you very much, was Taxi, Latka. Uh, there you go. Well, see, the next question should, should have been Bill. Do you know where you put your keys when you came in at 5.30 today? Because gonna, the answer would have been no. We're going to have to have to get you set up with a little exam, I think. There, there you go. There you go. Hey, uh, yo, that's your random Chet, kids. That was challenging. Hey, let's move on to something else, Chet. Let's Please. Talk, let's jump back to uh, Villanova basketball real quick. Uh, are you surprised at what's going on with Jay Wright? And uh, he's a good coach. Oh, he's a great coach, and it doesn't surprise me because, I mean, a lot of people pick them to lose the opener, that 12-5 seed, which can, you know, be double a lot of fifth seeds, but they played very well, beat Winthrop. Then they got a bit of a break because the number 13 seed, I guess North Texas, knocked off the fourth seed, so Nova had to play a theoretically lesser quality team, and they pretty much dismantled them. Now we'll see how good they really are because they have Baylor, and as Dee told us, Baylor is pretty darn good. But keep in mind, the last two times Nova made it to the Sweet 16, 2016, 2018, they won the NCAA title. I'm not predicting that's going to happen this year, but, hey, it'd be nice. Yeah, well, you know, you're, to your point of lesser quality teams, I think uh, as crazy as this tournament has been, there are no lesser quality teams or maybe a no. few. But, man, there's so <laughs> much talent spread out over everywhere that, uh, gee whiz, they, uh, these teams are so good. These kids are such, such good players. Maybe Gonzaga will finally get that title that uh, you know people think they have a shot at every year, and this year undefeated, haven't have an undefeated team in forty-five years. They were sure good the other day. That that is for yeah. sure. All yeah, right. they look good. Let's give a shout out to all our partners at the Edge of Philly Sports Network and their shows. You can check them out: the Broad Street Bully Podcast, Drew, Jeff, and Doyle talking Flyers hockey. Be interesting to see what they've got to say for sure. Birds IQ every Monday, seven p.m. live with Kyle and Eric Quinn. Talking Eagles football, Joe, Freddie, and Big Al on Edge of Philly Sports Live. Cover four for four and so much more. Philly Sports Watch Live Wednesday night. That would be tonight at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. Check that out. Join Tom Kelly and the gang at Patterson Avenue Fanatics Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. They talk all things Philly sports as well. You can check out all the shows at www.eopsports.com. Help us out by hitting those subscribe, follow, like buttons. And as always, share it with your family and friends. Don't forget to sign up for the weekly EOP newsletter that arrives each Friday by email. And Chet, um, we're getting close to the NFL draft, and we've got big plans. We do. We're going to do a lot uh, at Edge of Philly Sports. All the different shows, part of the network, will do uh, their own things, their own regular things. We're all going to be writing some pieces. Hope to get out in uh, the public and maybe do something together on one of those uh, nights, the week of the draft, the end of April. So stay tuned for all the details. Absolutely. They'll be coming out shortly. Hey, Chet, uh, speaking of the NFL, Eagles have added Joe Flacco to back up Jalen Hurts. Uh, I think it's kind of, I think it's okay. Uh, they might overpaid him, uh, but 
I think they've made it clear that they are locked in to Jalen Hurts. They've got the mentor, the backup, whatever you want to call them. Uh, they could play if needed, but I think uh, it clears up the question on not taking a quarterback at six. I think if they did that, I would be extremely surprised. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, yeah, Flacco's okay. I mean, he's he's getting older now, and he hasn't really been great for several years. But hopefully you don't need him. I mean, and as you said, he's getting a raise. He played, what, four games with the Jets last year, and he doubles his salary. That, that's nice. I wish I could get a gig like that. So, uh, yeah, they're and paying him. all four of them, by the way. <laughs> yeah, paying him $3.5 million or something like that, which yeah. left with almost no money. They did sign a safety, which they certainly needed. Anthony Harris, a one-year deal, $5 million. And I heard Ray Dinger on the radio saying Harris is actually not bad. He was his second favorite defensive back who was available as a free agent so hopefully he will help them not that it's going to matter bill they're still going to win four or five games i think yeah i mean it's really uh it's really interesting because they've been very quiet in free agency time is ticking uh away there's not a lot of talent out there that's available uh this team has lost a lot of talent and they have not added a lot of talent so uh it, it could be rough sledding here something's got to give they're still over the cap. Yeah. And speaking of time ticking, I'm done talking about the Eagles. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Great guest tonight at D-Lineham and Lou Ann Pal Chet, who's coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week? Well, we're going to have two guests for sure next week. And first, since it will be the eve of opening day, we, were gonna, we are going to have our annual Phillies preview show. This isn't locked in yet, but I'm hoping this works out. I haven't gotten a definitive answer from him yet. But if all goes well... We're going to welcome him back, The Wild Thing. It was one of our most popular shows last year. Mitch Williams, hopefully, joining us live next week. We are still trying to put the final touches on that, but I think it's going to happen. And as we say goodbye to March and Women's History Month, Bill, we'll also welcome a young lady who was a junior at Rowan University, and she happens to do radio play-by-play -play for the Delaware Bluecoats and is hoping to work in sports broadcasting beyond all of this. She was featured just last week on 6ABC, aspiring broadcaster Kayla Santiago. So uh, that's going to be fun as well. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to that. Uh... There's so much to talk about every week, too. You know, it's this uh, baseball season getting ready to start at spring, and uh, everybody's got high hopes, certainly, for springtime. And uh, and the Sixers will be rolling. Hopefully, the Flyers will have the, the ship righted. And uh, always yep. so much to talk about. Aaron Nola looked good the other day. Zach Wheeler not so good yesterday. Uh, we still don't know who the center fielder is going to be. We'll see if Herrera makes the team or not. He's only hitting 225 now. He does have a couple of home runs, but we know Kingry's going to be there somewhere. We think Roman Quinn's going to be on the roster. Adam Hazley back in action today. So now he gets back into the picture. So it's going to be interesting, Bill. Yeah, and and Mickey Moniak got sent down. Yeah. But he is now out of the picture, uh, at least for now. Uh, Roman Quinn's not my guy. I think you know that uh, from our, our conversations over the last couple of years. Guy can't stay healthy. Uh, you can't go into a season dependent on him. Uh, Hazley hustled back, I guess, because there's a competition and that's his position. So we'll see how yep. that goes. A lot of decisions to be made in the bullpen, though. Uh, who would have thought those would be the toughest decisions, it looks like, for Joe Girardi uh, to make because so many guys have pitched good over the spring. 
Yeah, a lot of candidates, and that's a good thing. We know the bullpen's going to be much better than last year. Well, at least better, it has to be. And uh, if they're going to do anything as far as making the postseason, they're going to have to have pitching. So we're hoping for the best. Yeah, and and uh, you can't have enough because you know you're going to have injuries, the, the disabled list, back and forth and all that. There's going to be uh, – there's certainly going to be people moving around, so they'll need as many as they could get. And we'll tell you right now, folks, we're probably going to run a couple of minutes late tonight. So if you have an 8 o'clock date, you're going to be late. Yes. Not by much. Not by much. much. All right. Let's take another quick break and thank our friends at the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. They have 11 line razors, mystery boxes, and now a memorabilia shop. Check out their Facebook pages. Like them or follow them. It's PPCC 118 Raz Room and PPCC 118 Raz Room Shop on Facebook. Parting shot for you? <sighs> oh, my goodness. I do, Bill. And uh, I have to get organized as usual because uh, this one has some pictures to go along with it. So give me one second here. Do, 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 do. Okay. Well, here's the deal, Bill. Uh, most of our viewers and listeners, I think, have heard of big-time Carson Wentz fan Giovanni Hamilton. He's the young Eagles fan who suffers from a condition known as Schwartz-Jampel syndrome, which his mother describes as sort of a combination of muscular dystrophy and dwarfism. He's had something like 15 surgeries of various types from the time he was a toddler until now, and he is just 13 years old. Gio calls the day in July of 2019 when he met Carson Wentz, quote, the best day of my life. Wentz became a real friend to young Gio, who last year started doing a podcast on the Eagles Brawl Network called Philly Sports with Giovanni. Yeah, that's the deal. Philly Sports with Giovanni. His guests have included stars Zach Ertz and Lane Johnson. And this week, guard Jack Driscoll. I got to be honest, I'm a little envious. He gets some great guests and Gio does a great job with it. Well, last week, he had a bit of a scoop showing off a new Indianapolis Colts Carson Wentz jersey that was sent his way. And there it is right there. The day the NFL's new league year began, essentially breaking the news that Wentz, as a Colt, was going to wear number two with his new team. Pretty harmless, right? Well, here's the problem. Several not-so-bright Eagles fans ridiculed Gio, making some hurtful comments about this young man who's been through so much, simply because he was congratulating Wentz on his new job and showing off a jersey that Wentz and the Colts had sent him. Someone actually threatened to break the kid's kneecaps. Yeah, for showing support for a former Eagles quarterback, they're cyberbullying a 13-year-old kid, a kid who's had a challenging life, as we said. Disgusting. Well, in light of that, Gio's mom has had to limit his interaction with people on social media, and it's also prompted them to launch soon an anti-bullying campaign, an initiative called Giovanni's Kindness Huddles. I'm pretty sure we can all get behind this one because, you know, bullying of any kind is never acceptable, but this particular instance of it really ticked me off. Stay strong, Giovanni, and continue to support Carson Wentz as a cult and the Eagles. It's all good. Absolutely. Yeah. As you said, not, not, some of the uh, brightest bulbs that uh, would attack a young kid yeah. like that and 
just a kid, you know, having having the time of his life. Sad, sad thing. Hey, yes, Chet, my uh, my just quick parting shot is is an easy one. Rest in peace, Elgin Baylor. Uh, one of my favorite uh, favorites growing up with Jerry West and Wilt and uh, Elgin Baylor, fantastic players, uh, player, and turned out to have a nice career as a general manager and all that too. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what you could say. He he was he was one of the originals, and and I think we had this conversation with Fred either on the show or or him and I had a a Facebook exchange about uh, you know a guy like Baylor, a guy like Fred's age didn't know how good Elgin Baylor really was. Right. And uh, him and the Oscar Robertson and them, them kind of people that uh, back in that time were every bit as good as these guys today that the youngsters think invented basketball. So uh, great loss for the NBA. Great loss for uh, us older fans. Rest in peace, Elgin Baylor. One of the advantages we have of being old is we got to see, you know, Wilt and Oscar and Elgin Baylor and Jerry West play when they were, you know, alive. And I don't know if I ever told you this, but I was a Sixers fan, of course. But when I was, I guess, 11 or 12 years old, I, I think it was 11, for some reason, I liked those Lakers gold jerseys. And it was the only jersey I actually ever bought. I bought an Elgin Baylor jersey just because I liked him and the Lakers, and I liked the look of that jersey. So I had that for a few years, and uh, rest in peace, Elgin Baylor. Absolutely. All right. Anything else before we wrap it up? Um, birthdays, number 70 for Jaws yesterday. Happy birthday, Jaws. And earlier this week, William Shatner turned 90. Speaking of Star Trek, there's a guy who has indeed lived long and prospered. He's 90. Wow. 90. I realize that. Yeah. Wow. I saw him recently, somewhat recently, at a memorabilia show. He comes and signs them Star Trek jerseys, shirts. You know, ah. they sell them as jerseys. He's always out on the trail. Wrap it up, Bill. All right, let's do it. Let's thank tonight's special guest, the Lineman, Luann Powell, our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Rads Room, and Dave Lavoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester. For Jim Chachesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show and we'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, March 31st at 7 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook or listen through our website, phillypressboxradio.com or on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and all the other spots as well. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans. I hope